Welcome to Physicians First, a podcast series that explores unique and homegrown wellness initiatives that are impacting the lives and livelihoods of Canada's physicians. In this series, we'll introduce you to the people creating customized solutions that improve physician health and wellness and strengthen the medical profession, whether through coaching programs, peer support groups, or leadership training sessions. And you'll hear how these initiatives are making a difference to physicians. The Canadian Medical Association, MD Financial Management, and Scotiabank together are firmly committed to putting physicians first, supporting the medical profession, and advancing health in Canada. As proof of this commitment, and in collaboration with the Canadian Medical Association and MD Financial Management, Scotiabank is investing $115 million over 10 years to support physicians and the communities they serve across Canada. This podcast is just one of many initiatives. Physicians First is hosted by Dr. Caroline Jarin-Lajoie, a psychiatrist and physician wellness expert. Welcome. I'm Dr. Caroline Jarin-Lajoie, a psychiatrist and wellness expert and the host of Physicians First, a podcast exploring important topics related to supporting physician wellness. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Anthony Knight, Chief Executive Officer of the New Brunswick Medical Society, and Lisa Lepage, the organization's Chief Operating Officer. The New Brunswick Medical Society represents more than 2,000 practicing, future, and retired physicians in the province. It is physicians leading positive change for the growth and enhancement of the healthcare system and the improved health of New Brunswickers. Anthony and Lisa are here to explain how these leadership programs are helping achieve positive change. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Anthony, for those listeners not familiar with the New Brunswick Medical Society, what can you tell them about the organization's day-to-day work? Well, uh, we're actually one of the oldest medical associations in the country established at Confederation representing, uh, as you said, over 2,000 doctors and medical learners around the province. We work really hard to advance the interests of physicians in the healthcare system and, and also to educate and, and support the public in making good healthcare decisions about themselves and their families. We run a number of programs, including one that promotes uh, primary care, team-based care, and leveraging technology at the same time. And we work on a wide range of issues to advocate for physicians when it comes to legislation or any sort of you know, legal or policy matters that could affect the health system. So that as well as the fact that we negotiate the, the fees and incomes for doctors like most other medical associations in the country. Lisa, the New Brunswick Medical Society has many member programs underway, two of which we want to highlight here the Tailored One-on-One Counseling Program, and the Executive Coaching Program. Let's start with the counseling program. How does it work? Sure thing. The Tailored Counseling Program was developed to support the mental health needs of all of our members, including medical students and retired physicians, including their spouses and their children. 
And the goal of this program was really to provide timely access, low barrier access in all of our communities across the province in a physician's language of choice for any type of mental health needs that they were seeking. We have a large list of skilled counselors, psychologists, and psychiatrists that are in the program. And um, I guess the best part of it is there are no session limits on this program. So we offer the program face-to-face, video conference, or telephone, whatever the needs are of the physician. And as mentioned before, um, in both official languages. So we've got trained counselors providing treatment on a wide range of challenges from addictions, depression, anxiety, trauma, suicide prevention, burnout, return to work, financial counseling, you name it. We are really proud to say that we have not had a need that we have not been able to fulfill a therapy plan for. So we're really quite excited about that. We are really pleased to see the physicians reaching out for for help in what has been unprecedented working conditions over the course of the last two years. And we're providing probably close to a thousand sessions per year, if not more, for our physicians. So this program really is our flagship program and our most popular program. We're seeing new physicians each week come through the program uh, through the intake, very simplistic intake, and very quickly matched with a therapist. Anthony, how does your approach to physician counseling differ to the more traditional models of counseling? Well, one of the things I've always been excited about with this program is that it's done to be tailored to the lifestyle of the doctor. You know, we know they don't have the time to surf the internet and find the right counselor. They also have concerns about privacy as a healthcare practitioner in the community. Small towns in New Brunswick talk. And so there's a need for privacy. And what we do is, is something that's tailored to their lifestyle, acknowledges they want privacy, that also allows for flexibility. So evenings, weekends, and, and it really accommodates the, the way in which a physician lives their life and functions in the community. We've also made sure that physician spouses and their kids can participate in the program at no cost. And I think we all know, if you're a parent, that when your kids are having trouble, if your spouse is having trouble, that's stressful too. That affects you, affects you in your work. So we really wanted to take a whole person, whole physician approach to this counseling solution. I know many Medical associations offer similar services, but you know maybe they're provided by an insurance company or a healthcare provider agency. And, and sometimes there's limits on how many services, how many counseling sessions can be made available. This service has no limit. And why can we do that? It's because of the partnership with the CMA and MD Management and Scotiabank. That collaboration has made sure that we have the right resources and the right people in place to meet uh, physicians at the place that they're at whether it's their mental wellness uh, or in their workplace. So we are just beyond excited uh, with the right outcomes that we're seeing and and benefits to our members as a consequence of this partnership. Lisa, the New Brunswick Medical Society has also launched the Executive Coaching Program, which I understand was inspired by the counseling program Anthony just spoke about. What kind of gap or need were you trying to fill? And can you explain what the coaching program is and what its goals are? Sure thing. 
When we first launched the counseling program, what we noticed during the intake process is that there was a tremendous amount of anxiety caused by interpersonal relationships within the workplace, you know, the systematic challenges that were going on within the medical system, and particularly as it related to physicians communicating with physicians and also with administration and so forth. So they didn't really have a counseling need per se, but what they did require is some tools and some skills to help them better communicate effectively and so forth. So we started to investigate different mechanisms that we could put in place because they were coming in in larger numbers. The other thing that we noted while investigating this program and doing our research is that we were told over and over again that a number of the physicians in leadership positions didn't have any formal leadership training. So they took on these positions. They didn't have any allocated resources in which to do that, administrative support, any time for training, and they were also maintaining clinical practices as well. And balancing that leadership role and all of their other responsibilities was becoming very challenging and overwhelming for them. So we coupled this all together, had a couple small focus groups around, worked with our physician health committee, and from that, the uh, professional coaching for physician leaders uh, program was born, which is essentially the executive coaching program. And so we had a couple objectives to improve the physician leadership skills across the province and also help foster personal change and growth within our physician leaders. The ultimate goal, I suspect, would be at the end of all of this is to see an improvement in our medical leaders across the province. I guess what we really wanted to do throughout this is to provide a mechanism for physicians to really learn about themselves and to gain some self-awareness by going through this program and find out, you know, what it is that it's blocking them to becoming their best self and to be as productive in their fields as they could be. And those were really the goals that we wanted to accomplish when we launched this program. Lisa, as a bit of a follow-up, what kind of response have you had to the coaching program and how has the program evolved since it was launched in 2021? So what we recognized right off when launching this program is that executive coaching is more prevalent in the realm of business and business executives, but it was a relatively new concept with physicians. So we had 10 physicians go through the process of intake and matching with an executive coach in uh, February of 2021. And our idea there was they could help us smooth out the process and also help us communicating this and the benefits of this to their physician colleagues. So we did that soft launch and right away, the feedback we received from the 10 physicians was just amazing. I think it was well beyond their expectations, the value that they were receiving from this coaching. So we did not wait the six months of the pilot. What we did is we launched to our entire membership in May of 2021. And within the first 48 hours, we had 60 physicians call wanting to be matched with a coach. And so we have received really nothing but very positive feedback out of all of the people that have gone through the program to date. And we have 84 in total that have been matched with an executive coach and the intake continues. We've only had one physician that did not go through the entire sessions and it was because life was too busy and it's going to be tabled to the fall. So we hope to put that physician through at that point in time. And so we really have had some great feedback on this. One of the things that 
did evolve and that we noted with the initial success of the executive coaching and the leadership training is that we needed to do more as it pertains to leadership within the province. So we were very fortunate to be able to pull together a leadership program for physicians, a cohort of 30 physicians that launched in January of 2022 that are pursuing the leadership program. And they are also matched with coaches as they are going through this. So it's really exciting. We've been told by the facilitators in the course that New Brunswick has the most engaged physicians that they've seen in a long time in physician leadership. (laughs) They're not missing the classes. They're there every evening or if it's on a weekend, depending on the module and full of energy and eager to learn. So I think that that's very telling of the programming that we're putting forward. I'll also say that in New Brunswick, we have two health authorities. We have a Francophone health authority and an Anglophone health authority. And we were able to pull physicians from both health authorities together in the same leadership courses. And so their shared experiences and so forth, I think, is very beneficial to physician leadership and having those colleagues across the province that you can call on when faced with an issue where you might need some peer mentorship. So Lisa, what would you see as the most important outcomes of the executive coaching program? Well, I don't think as of yet, we've seen the full effect of what the executive coaching program is going to do for our physician leaders in the province and all of the people in the health system. But what I can tell you is the physicians that have gone through the coaching program have nothing but very, very positive things to say. They are all very committed to bringing the lessons learned back to their practices and and their lives in general. I think there's a dual benefit that physicians who have taken part in that type of coaching are just more effective communicators in general and better equipped to engage with their teams and the administration and the hospitals. So one thing that we've anecdotally, you know, heard from all of the coaches is just the the breakthroughs that they're seeing in the physicians and, and what they're making going through the executive coaching program. The other benefit that we've heard quite a bit throughout this is uh, that although physicians are equipped to have those crucial conversations with their patients, they're less so when it comes to a colleague or having one of those crucial conversations around behavior or what have you. So we've heard that over and over again, and we've heard physicians having the ability to be very well prepared for those conversations by going through this program. Anthony, what lessons are physicians learning about leadership and their roles in the workplace and at the system level? Well, what's been interesting that we've heard from physicians is that there's this preconceived notion that a leader is someone who walks into a room and takes charge, gives orders. That comes from television and all kinds of figures you see in, in the world. And I think that our participants have said, well, you know, I, I might be a little more introverted and that, that extroverted leadership quality may not be for me, but that's okay. It's okay to be a thoughtful, considered individual and still take that leadership role, which is fascinating and something I can sort of relate to as well. You want to take some time, consider your options before grabbing a hold of the situation or, or guiding and directing a team. So I think our physician members have really stepped back and really reconsidered their definition of leadership and what it means to be a leader. And pulling people together, I think, is another theme that 
that we observe that people are really applying in their daily lives and their work and seeing the difference that that can make of bringing people together rather than command and control, which is that dominant stereotype folks have about leaders. I think we also need to just give physicians an opportunity to grow. I think when you think about medical school and training, there's some rigidity to that training and some expectations of others that you're supposed to be meeting and allowing folks to grow into not only their own leadership style, but how that meshes with their personality and that of their colleagues. I think the tools we're delivering in this program really underscore the value of those capabilities. Anthony, how has funding supported the development of these programs? Well, they wouldn't exist if it weren't for the funding that we receive from our partners at the Canadian Medical Association, MD Financial Management, and Scotiabank. Just tremendous support, and not just writing a check and walking away, but being partners and hand-in-hand trying to solve these wicked problems around wellness, developing skills and abilities in our physicians that aren't uh, front and center at medical school and in their training. And that partnership and our collective knowledge around the unique role physicians play in our healthcare system and in our communities has just made the partnership so valuable to us and to our members. In terms of the overall physician wellness landscape, beyond the programs that you have developed and started piloting, what else do you feel needs to be done at the system level for us to really move the yardstick when it comes to physician wellness? How can the health system or any initiatives better support physician wellness so that we can really achieve culture change? I mean, I think at least in New Brunswick, we don't do enough team-based approach to care and there's a lot of stress and strain placed on physicians. So I think that's one piece. I think technology and paperwork and how offices are run and managed places a lot of stress and strain on the doctor. U.S. has adopted scribes. That's a small thing, but if you're doing paperwork night after night after night, charting, it wears on you and it exhausts you at the end of the year, the month, the the career. So I think it's a series of little things for sure. The voice piece in the system, I think, is another unknown. The health system was run by doctors 40, 50 years ago. That swung the other way and they brought in health executives, health professionals that are not doctors, not necessarily even health practitioners who are making decisions about structure and form and design of of the health system. And sometimes those people are very good at what they do and sometimes they are not. And, And sometimes they are influenced or driven by politicians. So those influences around how systems work, how decisions get made, how resources are assigned, those all compile and add to the frustration. So for physicians or other healthcare professionals or organizations that are not located in New Brunswick and can't access the services directly, do you have any takeaways or advice for them? Well, I would say the first thing that really jumped out at me, and we played with some different models around how to support physicians using the healthcare insurance provider model, uh, making sure it's tailored to the physician need and their their family and their community, really a key takeaway. So however you can accomplish that in your respective province, 
I think that's really key. Not looking for a cookie cutter solution. There really isn't one when it comes to our specific uh, niche in the healthcare system space when it comes to serving physicians. So looking for that, that highly tailored approach, I think is really, really valuable. I also think that when it comes to leadership development, physicians play such a crucial role in the healthcare system. The decisions they make influence the lives of their patients, influences the lives and work practices of their colleagues in the health system. And understanding that role as a leader and how to communicate uh, effectively or more effectively is really just a positive impact on the physician and their teams. And also, I think physicians have leadership and scope of control in their space, but the system is much more controlled by politicians and bureaucrats and health system CEOs. So understanding what are the mechanisms and tools for influencing change can really, I think, give people the tools they need to overcome the frustration that I hear from on a regular basis by doctors who are seeing a system that's inefficient, that's that's not meeting their patients' needs, that's not moving the needle in the way they would expect. At least knowing what the levers are for control and power, that makes a big difference, I think, in terms of the stresses and frustrations doctors feel each and every day. Anthony and Lisa, thank you both for sharing these key programs at the New Brunswick Medical Society. You've certainly challenged us to think more about how we approach supporting the wellness of physicians and their families, as well as how organizations and workplaces can begin to build leadership capacity that can drive positive and meaningful change. Anthony Knight is the Chief Executive Officer of the New Brunswick Medical Society and Lisa Lepage is the Chief Operating Officer. And thank you to our listeners today for joining us for this important conversation about physician wellness. I'm Dr. Caroline Gérin-Lajoie, your host of the Physicians First podcast. You've been listening to Physicians First. The Canadian Medical Association, MD Financial Management, and Scotiabank are firmly committed to putting physicians first, supporting the medical profession, and advancing health in Canada. As proof of this commitment, and in collaboration with the Canadian Medical Association and MD Financial Management, Scotiabank is investing $115 million over 10 years to support physicians, including the funding for the wellness initiative discussed in today's podcast. For more information, visit cma.ca slash physiciansfirst. Thanks for listening. Please share the link so others can learn about important and unique programs supporting physician wellness in Canada.